0: Hello listeners, welcome to the Main Street Telegraph. I'm your host, B, and as always, I'm delivering Disney news in less than 15 minutes. Today's trivia question is, how many lights are used in the facade and surrounding area of the It's a Small World Holiday overlay? I'm going to get uh, the more serious and complicated story out of the way, and I will do my best to explain it. You've probably seen headlines that Fox Networks, which is a subsidiary of 21st Century Fox, so owned and controlled by Fox, has partnered with a Saudi media group, NBC, to launch a TV streaming service in the Middle East and North Africa. It's $4.99 a month to access English language TV shows and films which includes children's programming and National Geographic. The Arabic content will be from Shaheed Plus. Now, if you've been somewhat involved in other news lately, you'll see that some other companies have been distancing themselves a bit from Saudi Arabia, what with past controversies and the more current one, the death of a Saudi journalist. Fox Business, another subsidiary, had pulled its sponsorship from an investment conference in Saudi Arabia last month. Furthermore, earlier this year, the Saudi Arabian government took control of NBC in a crackdown on corruption within the company. This included the chairman of NBC, who was later released. At this point, the government has a 60% stake in NBC, and the chairman, 40%. So far, Disney has refrained from comment. Of course, I'm wondering how Disney feels about this, and if they knew it was coming, or if they knew it was coming but didn't think it would be something that people might look sideways at. And I think this is interesting for multiple reasons. So on the one hand, this is likely not a bad deal, monetarily. But with Disney set to roll out Disney Plus worldwide, specifically touting National Geographic programming, and definitely looking to Air Fox's family TV and films, would they really want to keep this deal alive considering it would likely be some competition to them? Will this deal end just like their deal with Netflix will be coming to a close eventually? I'd like to end this segment with the statement that I am not an expert in any of these subjects, but I thought this was interesting enough to bring to you. If I find more details, I will be sure to share on a later episode. In the last edition of the Main Street Telegraph, I listed out all the new stuff coming to Walt Disney World next year, including Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Rail, which is replacing the Great Movie Ride that closed last year. At D23's three-day event to help celebrate Mickey's 90th birthday, folks and attendants got a sneak peek at the ride, but of course, no photography was allowed. The experience is going to bring in a lot of Disney history, including physical objects. The pipes making the whistling noises in the Steamboat Willie cartoon will be making the noise of the locomotive in the ride. They were even brought on stage during the event. Many items used by Jimmy McDonald, former head of the Disney sound effects department, have been used, like a tabletop cranking device which provided the noise of the train in Disney's Dumbo. Music for the ride is being created by Christopher Willis, who has composed for 90 Mickey Mouse cartoons. But you've also heard his work in Grown Ups, X-Men First Class, and the final Twilight film. A 65-piece orchestra was used to record it. The visuals of the ride will be taking you through many different animation styles, with the locomotive moving through white light and black light scenes. Essentially, Imagineers want you to feel that you are moving through a Disney short, mixing all the different animation styles as well as using new and older effects. The 2019 Disneyland After Dark events theme rumors have been proven true. The Disney Parks blog wrote on November 21st that February 7th will be Sweetheart's Night and March 7th will be 90's Night. Sweetheart's Night events will include love song-themed dance parties and a royal ball experience, character encounters with famous Disney couples, and photo opportunities to put yourself in romantic scenes from Disney films. 90's Night attendees will get to see a 90's-themed fireworks show and throwback musical entertainment. I hope that means a Powerline concert. Interactive photo opportunities with 90s Disney characters and a commemorative fanny pack will also be available. Tickets are $99 a person and annual pass holders will be able to pre-order tickets on the 27th of this month. General admission tickets go on sale the following day, the 28th. Folks have been in an uproar as Disney announced the placement of automated cameras at some PhotoPass locations at Disney World. However, Disney has stated that they do not intend to replace PhotoPass photographers. You'll still see plenty of them in the parks. They also stated that they placed the cameras where they did in order to better the experience of guests. Nine meet-and-greet locations feature these cameras, and Disney claims that guests will be allowed to choose from a wider variety of character photos than they could before and that the artificial intelligence software will be able to take candid shots. However, the cameras do not move, so guests and characters alike will have to make sure that they are facing the proper direction. It is likely that more will be placed around the park in the coming year. A food service worker at the Marimoto Asia restaurant at Walt Disney World has been infected with hepatitis A. On November 21st, the Florida Department of Health in Orange County tweeted that anyone who had eaten at the restaurant between November 6th and 16th could have been exposed and need to be vaccinated. Vaccinations can give protection for as long as two weeks after exposure. People are advised to be on the watch for symptoms such as nausea, abdominal pain, jaundice, loss of appetite, diarrhea, and extreme fatigue breaks the Internet has been doing pretty well at the box office, considering the competition, making over $50 million as of the 23rd. Speaking of movies, the Lion King trailer has dropped. Check it out in today's show notes over at MainStreetTelegraph.com. Toy Story 4 is coming June 21st of next year, bringing back Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, as well as Tony Hale, Jordan Peele, Keanu Reeves, and Keegan-Michael Key. The film sees the old gang introduced to a new toy, resulting in a road trip adventure. Okay, so the Christmas segment has started and you're wondering what the connection is. Well, Tim Allen was recently on The Tonight Show. And apart from talking a little bit about the film and his friendship with Tom Hanks, he dropped some anecdotes from the making of one of my favorite Christmas movies, The Santa Claus*. Tim Allen said that the original script was a bit darker. Instead of Scott Calvin startling Santa, leading to him falling off the roof, he shoots Santa, thinking he's a burglar. Quoting Allen, he gives me the card and the whole movie starts, and the kid goes, you just killed Santa. And I said, he shouldn't have been on the roof when he wasn't invited. Jeffrey Katzenberg, chairman of Walt Disney Studios from 84 to 94, didn't approve. Quoting Alan, well, we can't start a movie like that. I said, why not? He said, well, we can't start a Disney movie with you murdering Santa Claus. Alan also goes into his experience watching the movie with his daughter and all that. You can find the clip on YouTube, but you can also head over to the show notes at maystreettelegraph.com. The holiday celebrations at Disneyland in California reach from November 9th to January 6th. See how long I've been putting off talking about it? But today I want to give you a little insight into what they've been offering this year. Of course, you can't forget about the Christmas Fantasy Parade featuring Santa Claus himself. A Christmas Fantasy Parade opened in 1995, replacing the Very Merry Christmas Parade. And it has included a lot of characters over the years, like Lilo and Stitch, as well as characters from Mulan and Aladdin. This year, you can see Anna and Elsa on a frozen float, friends from Toy Story, Mickey, Minnie, and Chip and Dale working the mailroom to get all those letters off to Santa, and as always, the craziest part to me, a giant Christmas tree glides all by itself down the parade road. If you wander over to Fantasyland, you'll find It's a Small World Holiday. The overlay began in 1997, and while It's a Small World is either your cup of tea or it's not, it's incredibly impressive. So much so that, in the opening year, while the overlay was meant to end, along with the rest of the Christmas decorations on January 4th, they kept it going until January 25th. I like how the Disney tourist blog puts it, the facade becomes a veritable wall of light. The answer to today's trivia question, more than 400,000 lights cover the facade and trees and topiaries, as well as surrounding shops and kiosks. Using 3D projection mapping, the face of the clock transforms every quarter hour. Inside the ride, you can smell fresh pine and peppermint, and the park goes through 75 gallons of bubble juice in the South Sea scene to make it rain bubbles for the season. In the European scene, nearly 150 candles light the Christmas tree. All of the props and scenic elements that make up the overlay are actually stored inside the attraction all year long. And did you know that while Walt Disney World has their own as a small world attraction, they don't do a holiday overlay? Disneyland Paris has its own version. It's a small world celebration, which is much more reserved than the California version, with more subtle changes revolving around the winter season. Tokyo Disneyland has its a small world, very merry holidays, and Hong Kong Disneyland only ran its a small world Christmas from 2009 to 2010. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses on Main Street and enjoy the new Christmas tree. Be sure to look for candles on the tree. Said Kim Irvine, art director at Walt Disney Imagineering, they look like the real flickering candles you see in movies and pictures of old time Christmas. She also said, the ornaments look elegant and so authentic. What sets Disneyland apart is this attention to detail and authenticity. The Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks show is also not to be missed. It opened in 2000 and costs around $19,000 per showing. It features the song Can You Remember and is followed by various Christmas carols, such as I'll Be Home for Christmas, Oh Holy Night, Carol of the Bells, and the Russian and Arabian Dance from the Nutcracker Suite. It finishes with White Christmas and Snowfall on Main Street, USA, as well as the Small World and Phantasmic viewing areas. That's all for today, folks. Remember, if you like the show, go give it a rating on iTunes. And if you really love it, tell a friend. You can find, search for, and download shows over at MainStreetTelegraph.com, but you can also listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can mail me, B, at MainStreetTelegraph at gmail.com, with any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, or just to tell me all about your trip to the park. I'd love to hear all about it. I hope you enjoyed the last episode for November. See you next month.